Welcome to another episode of the Build Better Brands podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clark, and today I'm joined by Joan Adou, CEO and founder of Several Seats, which is a mental health service for ethnic minority women. So um, thank you, Joan, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So Joan and I took part in um, an event um, which was organised by Lauren Curry, um, and it was a 7-7 seven, seven event along with five other incredible women with all sorts of stories and and each of them were on a mission to to change something. So when I heard about Joan's mission to empower and educate women, um, I had to get her on the show. So So thank you for joining me today. Yeah, honestly, it's my pleasure and I'm happy to join you in your community today. Amazing. So, Joan, for our listeners, tell us a bit more about what you do. Yes. So, outside of what's I'm actually an assistant research psychologist. And I work with children with epilepsy and I work with research as well as intervention in Great Ormistry Hospital. But inside um, my main role of life is several seats my baby my my child (laughs) and like you rightly said several seats is led by women of color for women of color to empower inspire and educate our future queens of this generation through mental health awareness as well as providing them with loads of opportunities for mentorship in those who are aspiring to become mental health professionals as well as those who just need a break and want to learn more about different things going on in the community, different barriers, challenges that other people are facing. We really hone in on the idea of that peer-to-peer support and learning. So all the stories are shared by women in our community. The mentorship scheme is led by women in our community. It's very much community-led. And we've got a nice little sisterhood going. So things awesome. are going really well. <laughs> the sisterhood, I like it. Um, one of the things you talk, touched on was, you know, this talk around... Um, mental health awareness and um, you know last week um, uh, it was mental health awareness week um, which is happens in May um, and I'm, I'm always really glad when I see lots of posts and, and things around mental health awareness but it's not something that you see so much the rest of the year which kind of makes me makes me feel a bit um a bit sad really that it's only really talked about a great deal in that particular week or month you don't really hear anything about it um why why do you think there's still such a, a stigma around mental health i think it's a level of people normalizing um mental health to such an extreme where it's not then taken to under like it's it's in depth severity in some cases. Um, what I found is that the term mental health is just people have you know brushed it. You know, it's just it's just someone's that's they're fine or you know it's just it's just a this or it's just a that. It's an everyday thing. It's something that everyone goes through. Rightly so, it is, and we should normalize it to an extent where there's not a stigma around it where people feel like they can't talk about it. However, with that being said, then people don't understand that with that with the normalizing of it not to take away the value of it the value of the fact that yes it is mental health and mental well-being is something that should be normalized and everyone should talk about it openly and honestly but 
there should still be that same level of concern that stays consistent rather than it being that once a week we'll shed light on it and the rest of the year it's just it's just a, a day-by-day thing that people kind of go through that people will go through loneliness people will deal with anxiety and depression and it shouldn't be that case it should be taken seriously all the time yeah no I, I totally agree with you and and that's another reason why I was like you know what let's let's get you on and let's talk about it because I really feel like it really needs to be talked about more um and so hopefully um people listening will you know I've I've no doubt that they're going to you know take a lot of value out of uh, what we're talking about and what you do so um would I be right in saying that ultimately you help professional women become better versions of themselves in the mentorship scheme yes so i guess we have different domains so it's not all of our services are for health professionals a lot of them that people access are just for your ordinary day-to-day lady but the mentorship scheme is for aspiring mental health professionals so those who are either graduates they're studying psychology or sociology health and social care nursing or those who are in the field itself and they just they either want to get their foot through the door to work for the private or public healthcare service as well as those who are already established but they want to get into like board of director roles they want to excel in their areas they want to do a bit more in the areas of policy and procedures because I guess that's where now we're trying to get in our get our representation seen we see so many women of colour in roles within the healthcare service and you start to see that filter down as it goes into more director leadership roles so right now we are encouraging a lot more women who are established and been working in the NHS for 20 years, 25 years, and they've not yet still got that leadership position. And how can we then help empower you with the right tools, the right network as well, to overcome some of your personal as well as professional barriers that are stopping you from getting there? What I found is that no matter where you are in life, imposter syndrome comes at you consistently mm. in all areas. I was speaking to a lovely lady on the course who is a mental health nurse and she was saying how she deals with imposter syndrome and I was like oh my gosh so it's not just me <laughs> it was that fascination where you you where you are in life or your position or your status doesn't stop you from having doubts sometimes especially when you are the minority amongst the majority and having to deal with those domains of being a woman and then a woman of color that you've got so many walls to break down so many biases to come through and it's really lovely when you have these networks where other women like yourself who look like you talk like you can help empower you to do better and I've always said this to the women in our community celebrating someone else's success without questioning your own is the most important lesson you need to learn that wow this woman is doing this this z x y and z and it doesn't take away from my value or what I'm doing. It shouldn't actually enhance your imposter. You should take it away. Because if anything, by fixing other women's crown, it helps fix yours as well. We're all empowering each other to become bigger and better. And hopefully, as we're getting higher, we're also bringing those as well with us. So it's not just a one-man show. It's a whole unit collaboration, organisation, running machine. Amazing. I can I can hear how passionate you are about this. Um how long have you been doing this? Several seats. Yeah. Um, I launched several seats last year, January. So we've only actually been running for a year and four months. 
So did you, so you've just recently had a birthday then, I'm hoping you celebrated. Yes, we did. Our one year anniversary, we did very much celebrate. We had a nice little, um, <laughs> yes, online celebration as it is remote. Yeah. So hopefully now with things, especially with COVID opening up, we do hope to bring more physical events and celebrations to come where we can see people in person, reconnect on a more personal level. Yeah. So what was it that, where did you get the idea? Because obviously you, you know, you say you've got your, this is your baby um, and something you, you've been very passionate about. But, you know, what, what was going on that made you want to create several seats? My own mental health journey. I've always been very much about women empowerment and I've always wanted to do something for women in the community. And as well as, something that helped me in understanding my identity as well my identity as a woman my identity in my class and my ethnicity and my culture even in my religion to some extent and when I was studying doing my master's I'll always remember this conversation I was on the verge of leaving I was knee deep in imposter syndrome I didn't want to be there anymore I wasn't enjoying the process um I was mentally exhausted as well as physically exhausted and I drafted up a letter to send out my email to the board to say I'd, I'd, I'd like to withdraw my place from the course and I remember calling my mum I was in hysterics I was crying I was like I can't do this I don't know what I'm doing I've lost myself um and my mum said to me take a seat let's talk that was the first time I'd ever spoken to my mother about my mental health mm. and it was the first time my mother ever listened to me and when I say listen, I really actively listen. I think every word she heard, every voice, every tone, every itch, every movement of my body, she she felt it and she could hear me. And even though we were only on um, talking by telephone, I felt like she could see me for who I was and how vulnerable I was at that time. And it made me realize the power of speaking and finding your voice. And for a very long time, I was trying to take a seat at other people's table. I was trying to find my voice in the midst of other people, whether that be in work, academia, or even my personal life, feeling like I needed to get access to someone else's um, seat. And I realized I didn't need to do that anymore. I could create my own table and other people can take a seat to hear my voice and hear what I had to say, because I had just as much to say as other people but I didn't know how to share it and then that was the birth of the name several seats wow what an amazing story thank you and it just goes back to what I said about us empowering our repeat women because we want them to essentially take the tools that they're learning from us and do their own start their own table start your own network start your own community groups your own smaller little networks within several seats where you can start helping other women in those areas which is why once again going back to the mentorship scheme we always invite our women in our community to become mentors to help the mentees and vice versa the mentees that have just finished this year's cohort we've invited them to come back and become mentors for the next mentees 
because then now they've got their own little tables that they're helping and with that table it's growing it will continue to progress and before you know it, you've got little several 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 seats and <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful and it, I guess like you said I, I get excited when I talk about it because the vision is so much bigger than me it's so much bigger than what we're doing but then when we see other women connecting outside of several seats and doing something it reminds us of what we started in the first place yeah absolutely um the thing that you've touched on that um it's it's really about confidence isn't it instilling that confidence and i think it's it's kind of key in kind of knowing yourself before you can then venture into that kind of professional setting isn't it yes especially when I started, I guess, my biggest fear of starting my own business company organization was that how confident am I? Not in the idea, but in myself. Because essentially, when you do start something, especially something so personal, you become the brand. Yeah. You're the face. People want to know who you are. You're selling. You are the storyline behind it. And I thought, how am I going to sell myself? I don't know myself well enough to sell it. And how confident am I in my own story and in being so vulnerable that I don't mind being the spotlight in the main character for the beginning of sharing? And it took a while for me to overcome that and to be confident in putting myself out there especially with the world being such a scary place and people will come for you. <laughs> yeah, especially on social media. Wow. Especially on social yeah. media. And I thought, once again, that this is bigger than me. And that was my constant motivation. Even if I'm not completely confident in myself as the CEO of an organisation, especially when I see other CEOs and I go to network meetings and I do partnerships with other organisations and I see, wow, these women are so established in their field and they're so much more mature than me and they're they've done a lot more with their organizations you do get that oh like am i is it can i still do this like am i qualified am i competent enough and you've got to remind yourself no i am i came with the idea i'm running this yeah it's not going too bad so far and once again every time i have that little doubt in my head of am i the right person to be running this I remind myself that I don't need me to run it because I believe in the vision of the organisation. Whether I believe in myself running it, if I believe in the vision and I'm willing to steer the vision with the passion I have, then this thing can be successful. Yeah, and I I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, once you get going and you get talking about it, you can, you know, you can see, you can hear the passion and, and that's... That's so, so important, isn't it? Um, obviously, you've worked with a lot of women um, over over the the year and four months it, that you've been doing this. Um, do you find that there's a common, uh, a common challenge that a lot of them are facing? Yes. I think a lot of them don't know how to blow their own trumpet. Mm. I've always said to the women, consider yourself already successful with wherever you are in life, whether 
your uni, whether you're a student nurse, whether you're an assistant psychologist, whether you're already a clinical therapist, a trainee, anything, consider yourself really successful in your field. And because they're so ambitious, they forget to reward themselves along the way. And because of that, you find yourself just constantly chasing that idea of success and never really feeling satisfied. Um, a thing a friend, a friend once told me was, is the juice worth the squeeze? And it took me such a long time to... Uh, for those listening, thinking, is the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> is the juice worth the squeeze? Okay. And essentially, when I broke it down, it made me learn that sometimes the journey is better than the destination. I've chased many things in life before and I've gotten there and I thought this was not as glamorous <laughs> of a lifestyle than I thought it was going to be. Mm. I love working for the NHS. I love working in the public health sector. But when I started, I was like, wow, this was my dream <laughs> job. Yeah. This was the dream area. And it wasn't as glamorous as I had made it out to be. However, because I consistently reminded myself that the journey is more important than the destination. I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about other people. I've grown in a dimension I never thought I could grow before. And that's because I wasn't fixated on this idea that by the end of this, I want to become a doctor, I want to be a doctor and this is this. Is this. Because none of that really matters. At the end of the day, if I get the qualification and I get that status, that's great. But what got me there was the most important part. So that's what we're trying to teach the women. Because once again, you come across the same idea of, well, this is my goal. My goal is this is what I want to do. Well, what have you done so far? Nothing. What's in your CV? I don't have anything. What's your strengths? I don't have any. Hmm. And that's why, especially with our mentorship scheme, one of our sessions is around um, identifying strengths and weaknesses. And we do like a, a couple personality characteristic tests and all these stuff to kind of help them get their idea of their strengths and so so forth. But really, it's it's really disheartening when you see all these amazing women come through and they can't give you one or two things that they think is a strength of theirs because once again they're so fixated on well I haven't got a strength because I'm not there yet. I'm not successful yet. I've not got this paycheck yet. I'm not on this band. I'm not on this tax bracket. So my weakness is that I'm not there and that's what I'm going to associate my growth with. That's what I'm going to associate my identity with. Even grades. Uh, it breaks my heart when I see young ladies um, equate their value to the grades that they've gotten. And I just think that has nothing to do with who you are. The academic criteria does not define who you're going to be. But as they continue to learn about themselves and love themselves and reward themselves, they start to understand it and I hope some of the things that they learn sticks with them on their journey. Yeah, I hope so too. And I think I think it's a very common theme, you know, what you talk talk about is people, you know, blowing their own trumpet. It's mm -hmm. that um I can't remember who said it to me, but they 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 said to me that if it's if it's fact, you're not bragging. Like, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> If you are just telling the truth about what you've done and, you know, your journey and, and your experience and your successes and your awards and all that stuff, if it's true, you're not bragging, you're just telling people the truth about what you've done. And I was like, oh, okay. 
And that's that's the mentality that, that I have now because I too have suffered with imposter syndrome. Um, you know, it was happening a lot when I decided to go solo and, and start my own business. Those those thoughts do come into your head. Or am I there's other people out there that are better at branding than me, like, should I really be doing this? You know, am I am I qualified enough? Am I am I good enough? And and um yeah, you 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 kind of beat yourself up and give yourself a hard time. Um, but I've had to learn not to do that. I've had to learn to to be kind to myself and to. I always kind of think to myself now, okay, if I was talking to a friend, what would I be saying to that friend? And more often than not, I'm always much harsh on myself than I would be towards mm-hmm. my friend, and that's the difference. Yeah. Showing compassion and being compassionate to yourself, isn't it? Yeah, totally. We need to learn to do a lot more of... I did... um, I wrote a compassionate letter to myself a couple of years back. It was the first time I wrote myself a letter. And I realised how hard it was. And when I realised how hard it was, I realised it was an issue, that I wasn't compassionate to myself enough. I didn't give myself enough praise. And I didn't reward myself for the good things that I'd done, or even taken... Um, the time to acknowledge them in the first place, even just to identify some of the key things that I think that I had done. And the word that had come up as to why was actually because I was afraid of looking arrogant or I was afraid of the way I was going to be perceived by other people if I if I viewed myself in a certain light or if I spoke about my achievements. But going back to what you just said, or if it's a fact, it's not a, it's not a question. It's not. You just say what's happened, right? Like <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um but I mean we talked a bit about success and stuff and how people have different versions of what that is. What is true success to you? True success to me, it's a great question. I've always measured my success by the success, sorry, I've used, I can't use the same word, but I will. (laughs) I've always measured my own success by the success of the people that have come in contact with me. So if I've had impact on the lives of other people and one of the people that I've mentored or one of the people that have come in contact with several seats become the president, prime minister, whatever of the world, (laughs) then I would say I've not done too bad. Not to claim their success as my own, but Mm. if I've taught them one thing, then I've done something. Yeah, I like that. So it's all about, it's all about the impact and the influence that that you're having on other people um yeah yeah I can't remember the quote properly but it's it's something that Mayor Angelou said about people people that come into our lives um and them being being like rainbows and having everyone having a positive impact in some way on us Mm -hmm. even if we don't necessarily see it as as positive you know the experience we've had it will have taken will have gained something from that no it's a really good thing and I always say it should be a thing where in general the people you come in contact with you need to be aware that they will either give or take 
in whatever aspect that looks like to you it doesn't need to be physically taking away from you um but even emotionally there's relationships that they give relationships where you learn about yourself there's relationships where you leave feeling more empty than you did when you started so being conscious around the kind of energy that you allow to be in your vicinity which is why i really hold in on the idea of community because community is the biggest energy bubble that you can take positive influence from yeah yeah no i like that so you're in year two yes we are what's what's happening what are you up to what the plans so this year we are going to launch our second cohort of our mentorship scheme which is super exciting and super busy of a period because it means that we're now closing up on our last one saying goodbye and farewell to our previous cohort before we can start introducing our next one so we're hoping to open applications end of this month and then we'll start the mentorship scheme by august for our mentor training we are also starting um a live in-person event which is called uh several seats mindfulness sip and paint i am an advocate of art um i can't paint well but i can paint <laughs> and i've always found it very therapeutic so we are trying to help some of the ladies within the area of Bedfordshire um, and we're starting with Bedfordshire because we want to start locally within our, our community and those who are most affected by depression and anxiety aged between 18 to 25. So we want to give the women the opportunity to engage in mindfulness meditation as well as art therapy and get the beautiful chance to connect with other people in their communities. Like many know since COVID a lot of people became detached, lonely and struggled with Social anxiety, going being from your own back into social settings can be very anxiety provoking. So we also want to give them the opportunity to meet new people, socialise, connect, and also learn a bit more about some of the other organisations that are running in their area. So we actually are inviting anyone who would also like to kind of promote their business and who would like to help young ladies aged 18, 25 to come along as well to have like a little table where you can give out your leaflets, talk about your company, organisation, the amazing work you're doing. Amazing. That sounds great. And when you when you said that you do art but you can't paint well, <laughs> now, I mean, art is just expression and it's always exactly. in the beauty of the beholder. So... Right. So to me, it's Picasso, but to someone else, it's no. <laughs> yeah. But it might be Picasso to someone else. You never know. <laughs> Very that true. sounds amazing that sounds great and that's going to be in bedfordshire um did you say coming up next month we're in may now so we will be starting sip and paint mindfulness over in summer so okay. we're looking more towards july august okay. july but, august yeah and um, if you subscribe to our newsletter you'll get the first alerts of when we plan to start that uh, for those who aren't living in bedfordshire we also try and do something nice for you and we're starting mindfulness mondays which we're super excited about. We know that some women, we need a break on the Monday afternoon <laughs> because <laughs> we're deep in our Monday blues. So we want to bring to you some nice mindful meditation workshops that you can just click in via Zoom, while you're at work, while you're taking your lunch break. Have a quick deep breather, relax, and then just help you kind of go full circle and get yourself mentally prepared for the week ahead. That sounds idyllic. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Thank um, you. One thing I always like to ask guests is um, I'd like to know what, what their 
listening to or reading or engaging with at the moment that's kind of had you know had an impact on them so have you got anything that you'd like to share oh that's a great question <laughs> didn't expect that one i oh, know any I? any books or <clears throat> what am i currently <clears throat> sorry it's okay all the books i'm reading right now are psychology based i'm not reading <laughs> 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 around um epilepsy and behavior okay um, so they're a bit heavy then a bit they're deep. a bit more heavy for the audience <laughs> music wise i'm listening to a lot of cat burn right cat burn or cat burns i'm not familiar uh yes i think she's helped me a lot with when i just need to take a break Okay. That's what I'm listening to at the moment. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I, I highly recommend check out her music, listen to her most recent album. Okay, I'm on her Spotify now. Haven't wow, she's got a lot of monthly listeners on Spotify. Oh, she's a good one. She's I'm, I'm not very good with numbers, so I'm trying to work out what that is. That's six million five hundred eighty-two thousand seven hundred and sixteen monthly listeners. Okay, I need to check this out. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so, Joan, where can people find you, follow you? Where do they go? Yes. Um, well, come over to our website, www.severalseats.org, and subscribe to our newsletter so you can get updates about what we're doing, when our mentorship scheme is open, when we start our mindfulness meditations, when we're starting our um, mindfulness sip and paints. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at several underscore seats underscore where you can get updates about our weekly highlights, our Women Crush Wednesdays and all the fantastic things going on in our community. So, yes. Amazing. I'm always looking for volunteers, always looking for volunteers to come help us with our organisation, whether it's to help out with the planning, whether you want to actually be actively at one of the events that we're holding, or if you just want to kind of write a blog post or something, we're always looking for people to come and jump on board. Fantastic. Thank you for all that info. And thank you for joining me today on the Build Better Brands podcast. Thank you for having me and take care. I look forward to seeing you again. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Joan. Thank you.